This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. Today's topic is one of those things where we know that um, you got to tread lightly with journalists when you're asking for them to make changes and uh, things happen, but we're going to address the right way to go about it. And there's a piece of this where I want you to be a counselor to your clients because they're going to ask for things and you're going to have to push back. And you're going to have to be okay with that. And it takes a little bit of confidence and uh, comfort in your expertise to be able to push back on clients when they ask you for things that you know are not going to go over too well. There are certain situations where they're going to want to correct things and others where you are going to have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of challenges uh, trying to, you know, ask your your media contacts for changes that are just not professional. You're going to look like you don't really know what you're doing. So, uh, you know, it happens all the time. There are, you know, client, uh, client wins go live. It's so exciting. We're all like, yay, hooray, you know, that thing that we've been working so hard for finally published and we're so excited to share it with our clients, but then there might be a mistake. Um, Maybe you have to ask for a retraction or a change. So you've been working so hard to get something out and up and it goes live and you're like, yes. And then you read it and you're like, (laughs) right? That's how we feel. Um, You know, maybe there's a massive error in it, but don't panic because this is pretty common. Um, especially these days with how quick editors have to work because they're putting out these digital features. And, um, you know, lots of PR pros, they think that getting a feature corrected may be impossible. Um, It might be uh, taboo. You know, there are certain situations we're going to talk about when it's like cool to ask for a fix and when it's not cool. Okay. So, um, you know, we want to be able to have editors publishing pieces that are accurate, complete, the information is current, up to date, valuable. And if it's not completely accurate, it is intimidating to ask for a change. But it's all in the way that you ask so that they don't feel like you are acting entitled or that it's something that you're expecting and that it's not um, them helping you. Like you're demanding something and they have to just, you know, do what you're asking. It's all in the way you ask. So when it comes to the media, it's in being realistic and reasonable in the changes that you're asking for. So we're gonna approach it in a way where you have your best chance for a fix and um you know maybe it's a spelling mistake or something really big that's just wrong um we're going to approach it in a way where we're getting these changes made okay there are certain kinds of errors it's got to be a factual inaccuracy okay 
you're not getting them to correct a link unless it's a broken link and you're letting them know the link is broken. You're not gonna get them to change a link to your client's website instead of Amazon or another platform. You're not going to get them to change the tone of the article. You know, you just have to hope that the article itself, the content is is good. If it's not, then, you know, you can't change it. Um, we have clients that will ask us to, can you have them change this word? It's not right. Or, you know, we don't like that word. We use this word instead. The answer is no. This is the journalist choosing that word. They have a lot of reasons. It could be for SEO purposes, for their website. They don't care what you refer to if there's a word that's pretty similar they're going to choose their word and it could be based on seo it could be an edit editorial journalistic decision um the only time you can ask for a fix is if it is an inaccurate piece of information and in order to do that first lead with kindness right editors they're human they're just like me just like you and sometimes typos are missed during proofreading uh, maybe a piece is published with an incorrect product price or a launch date. And when this happens, don't obviously be mad or anything like demanding. Like it's about how you ask and you acknowledge this is a change. I'm asking with empathy and understanding that it's not typical. Um, show empathy for your media contact. You know, they're a writer. They do want their work to be factual. They want to be accurate. Maybe it was just a simple oversight. You know, keep calm, professional, always be respectful, have that respectful tone when you reach out to your media contact and just request a factual correction to some error and then show them that you trust them regardless um, of the fact that there might've been a mistake. You know that they're credible, reliable journalist in your niche. This is a contact you're going to need after this fix. So they should never be made to feel bad or embarrassed about a small factual error. Sometimes, um, I mean, I know none of us would ever do that, but it's like the, the client's pissed, right? Like you could say something like that and it's like they don't care about your client. Their goal is to write pieces that are complete, factually accurate, and based on their editorial opinion, their slant, their approach. It doesn't matter that your client doesn't like the tone or a certain word they use or that they're mad that they got the link wrong. It's really the approach is fix it because it's inaccurate and the readers are not going to be able to find what you're referencing or um, the word is is not accurately like portraying what the research shows, things like that. But it's like truth in advertising. So those careful distinctions matter, right? And so it could be as simple as like my client Omnilux. It's a big deal that we get to say there's independent clinical research that back up our claims and we're FDA cleared. No other device on the market can do that. And so that's really important that I get the media to communicate that. So if there's something that they report that doesn't show that that's there, you know, as a, you know, like a check, a talking point, something that's really important for this brand, um, or it's misleading for other companies to say that they usually talk about um, clinical studies of LED light therapy. But these are studies around our clients specific products. That's different. That has more impact. 
So if something gets it wrong, I'm going to probably call that out because that's a fact that's very important for our client, but it's around how you do it. So the first way we're going to do it, lead with kindness and empathy. Second, be specific and keep things really simple. So if you're requesting a correction for a factual error, it is best to just outright say what's incorrect in the article and just clearly point it out, include the full quote with the error and state exactly what would need to be updated. If that's a broken link in the article, include the exact link that needs to be replaced. And again, this is not change out Amazon for my client's website. That is a big no-no. And if your client is asking for those kinds of edits, you must push back and say no. These are your media relationships. You need to know that's not okay as a PR professional and push back because the client only cares about their article and traffic from a top tier website directing consumers to their own website or to check out and buy on their website. But that's not what the journalist chose. That's not where they chose to link. And so by you going to a journalist and saying, hey, my client would really prefer if you link to their website, they're going to be like, you know, don't care. They won't even get back to you and they'll probably not work with you again. So be that expert. Step into your expertise and tell the client, of course, we provided them with the client's website. They chose where to link. If the link is broken and it's a dead link, it doesn't go anywhere, that's different. You know, um, you're still not going to change which retailer they're linking to or what website they're linking to, but you can ensure that the link that they're posting is actually working and goes somewhere. So don't beat around the bush and, um, you know, try to be kind of like polite in the name of politeness or offer vague descriptions of the features that are incorrect. They're writing and publishing more than five articles every single week, sometimes, you know, two a day. Um, an, an error, it's going to sneak in. And so you want to just get straight to the point. They can correct the error. They can deliver that correct information to their audience and just move on. Because I'm telling you, when they turn an article in, first of all, a freelancer is never going to know when it's going to run. They don't know. They know their deadlines, and then the publication can decide when they post it. Those freelancers, they have no idea. So if you go and ask them, when is this going to run? Maybe you missed it, but you need to use a tool like Prowly to media monitor or go specifically look and see if it ran before you reach out to them. But once they turn their articles in, they're done. They don't want to think about it again. So when you're like, oh, by the way, that article that you finished and posted that you kind of never wanted to think about again, there's a mistake. Just get in, get out, tell them what's wrong, give them the right information and move on. Um, and then, of course, you want to show gratitude. You know, show gratitude for that feature, even if it is um, has an art, a mistake or doesn't link where you wanted it to. It's still a great feature for your client. So you want to preserve those relationships. You want to show those contacts. You really appreciate what they're doing for you and your clients. So express gratitude to that journalist for writing the piece, for keeping your client in the piece. Um, let them know that you and your client appreciate the opportunity, you're excited about it, you love the way that they feature the client, um, send a separate thank you note. If you, uh, you know, want to kind of really nurture that relationship, it could be a piece of mail, it could be just an email, it could be a DM on social. If you do get that correction, a thank you goes a long way. Absolutely. 
right, you definitely want to make sure that if they're going to go back and revisit an article that they have like put to bed and published, you're saying that was awesome that you fixed that. I really, really appreciate it. So um, it's a great idea to acknowledge what the journalist got right in the article too, especially if there's some kind of factual tricky information included, um, you know, certain things that have a lot of technical information or um, if it's kind of like fast moving information that changes a lot. You want to compliment them on how well they explained it. Maybe there are some tricky technology behind your client's latest product. If they were able to really express it in a simple way that the media or that uh, the readership is going to say, like, I get it, you know, thank them for that because that is a, a journalist's goal. And when they nail it, it's, it feels good for them to hear from you on behalf of your client that they got it right. And if the piece was an interview between the journalist and your company's founder, you want to really hype up how well that conversation read on the page, you know, um, just really expressing that gratitude and appreciation. So that was a correction that's based on a factual mistake. If you want to request a correction that's based on context, you here's a couple ways um, to kind of think through this. So not every feature is going to be positive and sometimes product reviews won't go your client's way. We just had, um, thank God we did not send this person. My client has a breast pump company. There was a, um, a lactation and breastfeeding influencer. Yes, there are breastfeeding influencers on social media that posted a review of their new wearable pump and she didn't like it. She actually hated it and was like, shame on you and was really negative. And like I said, thank God we did not send her the pump. But what she was missing was the fact that they're a wearable breast pump, which are like two little like things you put in your bra. It's not going to yield the same milk volume as a primary pump. It just doesn't have as much force and power. It is a supplemental pump for when you're on the go, when you're out, if you're a working mom and you don't want to take the whole thing with you, maybe you're driving in your car and you have to pump, it's not going to yield. And what's frustrating is that as a lactation expert and a breastfeeding expert, she knows that. But she cared more about the like sensationalism and the like shame on you for, you know, putting this out there and um, everything goes through testing and the design has to be FDA cleared and everything like that. And she acted as if they rushed this product to market, which was absolutely not the case. That was very, very frustrating. So we can't really do anything about that. But what we can do is if that editor or not editor, the influencer tried to say something around um, the approval process, we can remind her, <laughs> we can remind her that the product was cleared by the FDA. However, this writer, her, uh, she's not a writer, she's an influencer. She blocked the client from commenting, which is very unprofessional. Had our client had the opportunity to actually comment on the piece, we would have let them know to basically not pick a fight and not push back and just remind, you know, that this is a supplemental pump to be used in connection with a regular pump. And of course it was 
designed with lactation, you know, certified lactation consultants and advising and with them in mind and FDA cleared because she didn't get that piece of information right. However, my client didn't have an opportunity to address it because she blocked them because she just wanted to have her opinion unchecked, which is not great. But not every client's uh, feature is going to be positive. They won't go your way. So when you request any kind of correction with a typical media publication, you cannot ask for a retraction. Huge no-no, unless it is based on just completely inaccurate, improper information, and that formed the opinion, which honestly, I've never seen that happen. You can ask for something that's missing that should be included um, that might change the piece just a little bit, but maybe they intentionally omitted it. You don't know. But you can never, ever request a retraction, ever. And if your clients ask you to do that, you have to push back. Asking an editor to change their opinion and the editorial nature of a story is never okay. It is inappropriate. It's unprofessional. They will never do it. You're going to lose your relationship. They're not always going to write positive features for you. You know, at times clients are going to request that unfavorable articles be changed, absolutely push back because it's going to damage your relationship. So context-based corrections can only be about misinformation, not the tone or the angle of the story. Only misinformation. You know, did the editor not have access to key product information? You know, maybe that's an like a full ingredient list or an additional technical feature behind a paywall or something like that. Um, when they considered and wrote the whole piece, did they leave something important out like that? Or did the editor not receive an updated sample between writing their piece and a product launch? Maybe they're, they're talking about old features or they're talking about a product that's been on the market and they're reviewing an old product versus ver version 2.0, which was updated to include these corrections that consumers had maybe complained about or things like that. So anything that does not include the whole picture or they're basing it on mis misinformation, that's okay to ask, but it's not a guarantee. You can inform them of something that's missing. Never, ever, ever ask for a retraction. They'll never do it and you're going to burn that bridge. And then you also wanna let the journalists see for themselves. So if they're missing this proper context, it's up to you to present them with the info that they need. So send out updated samples. You want to make sure that they link to the client's latest program or app that they're looking at the most up-to-date information. Supply them with that full ingredient list, whatever the final packaging is. Um, maybe they have all products in a set. You know, something that was kind of missing as the, you know, one, two, three. Um, if they are only reviewing one piece of a whole set and they don't have the fact that it's a system that all works together, whatever they're missing before, you want to get that to them as soon as possible. Maybe they'll consider it. Maybe they'll update based on the new information. Um, if the context requires a bit more explanation, maybe ask to briefly chat with them so that you can explain your requests. They're not always gonna say yes, but 
you want to give them, you know, a lot of things get lost in the back and forth. It's kind of annoying. If you're able to get like five minutes of their time, you know, everything that you do when requesting, when requesting factual updates is also going to hold true here. You want to be polite. You want to be kind, state the context updates clearly, show your gratitude and appreciation for not only the feature, but giving you the opportunity to hear you out in this updated chat. Um, they, they might be reviewing something that is just not the current um, up-to-date information. It could be instructions that they're missing. Like you, your client has updated the instructions or maybe they didn't read a key piece of the instructions or it wasn't included in their sample or something like that. So always put your media relationships first. Um, any kind of edit uh, or you know factual update or even a contest context-based update is uh, kind of a tricky situation to navigate, but it's easier when you have a strong relationship with the journalist. So that's always first and foremost is like building these relationships, letting them know that you're somebody that takes these things seriously, you're trustworthy, um, you're always going to supply them with the most up-to-date info. Maybe they got something that was a bit dated or they didn't see something you're a partner to them and your relationship building is really going to come in handy here because, you know, even if they review the information, they may still deny the correction. They may say, like, I appreciate that you shared that with me, but we're going to keep the story as is. Um, if that happens, accept the outcome and move on. And let your client know you tried and that they opted to keep it as is. Um, and that's really frustrating. You may want to consider posting a statement in response to the piece on your client's owned platform. So their blog, it could be um, their social media. That's how we advised our client to address the negative breast pump review so that the points that the breastfeeding lactation person made in her scathing review, we didn't pick a fight. Obviously, we couldn't. Well, nor would they. But in the comments, they were blocked. So we couldn't address it there. We pushed out more informative content around the product itself to refute the points that she made. The fact that it is FDA approved. All breast pumps have to be FDA approved. It's a medical device. So we pointed that out. We pointed out that there were um, lactation consultants involved in the design and the testing. We pointed out that it's a supplemental pump and that it's used in connection with another pump so that you can use it. It's a different use case. So it's not going to yield. We never claimed it was going to yield the same amount of milk as a typical pump, but it is more than a typical wearable. So we used our own channels to roll out more educational information to refute those negative points because this person blocked us from the conversation on their own pages. So that's how we addressed it. Um, and no matter what happens with a feature with the media, prioritize maintaining that relationship. You know, you want to make sure that you're looking beyond just this one feature for this one client. Um, if your client continues to push for a retraction or a correction, even after the journalist has denied the request. First of all, we're never going to request a retraction, like I said, but 
you uh, are maybe going to ask for some sort of a correction and the journalist says no can do, you want to have a discussion with your client around resetting their expectations around what media coverage or what you are able to do as a publicist. You know, there will not be any features to speak of if your relationships take a hit from all of their requests for retractions, which you're doing because the client says, just do it. And you go, okay, you're not going to have any more uh, connections with that journalist where they're going to write about any of your clients. So I always look at the long-term connections and relationships I have benefiting my agency in our in our niches and our clients in those niches as a whole and I'll never burn a bridge for one client over one feature and this is where expectation setting and getting them understanding how PR works what they can expect and what they can't expect getting those um, expectations aligned with reality is so important and that's why we also do it in the beginning even on the discovery call with a client because they need to know um, what's going to happen and when and what's not going to happen so that they're not um, disappointed. That just sets them up for disappointment, right? So um, you got to push back when they're like, please make them print a retraction. This is not okay. It's like, I cannot do that. So uh, if you want to go through the steps to just prevent needing corrections in the first place, um, here is what you need to be doing and having this system in place so that you're not seeking corrections down the road. So first you have to do your own fact checking. Make sure before you pitch that you are sending complete factually accurate information the very first time. That is the best way to prevent corrections is getting it right the first time. So before you pitch, do your research, not while you're writing your email. So this means that before you even start drafting your pitch, you're getting the latest info from your client regarding their products, product formulations, um, the launch date, the sales, promotions, research and studies that back up their claims. All of these things have to be um, known before you start your pitch because every tidbit of information that you provide to the media has to be completely accurate. You can't go back and say, oh, they have since blah, 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 right? Because your pop, your contact's going to say, then why did you pitch me before that piece was complete and I knew exactly where they stood with their launch or with their um, ingredients or um, the price point, right? Like you need to make sure that the price and everything is like final, final, final. You also have to put a system in place to ensure that even the tiniest errors are fixed before you hit the send button on your pitch. And for us, that is getting a second set of eyes on a pitch. I will sometimes wait a day to look at it again um, with fresh eyes. I always catch things. Sometimes an email, I'll look and be like, oh my God, how did I send that out with all of these little mistakes? I always look at it before I hit send just to make sure that if you don't have a second set of eyes, you know, you have your fresh eyes during the next day. You can also use AI programs like Grammarly to catch any kind of spelling errors. If you're in a pinch, um, you know, you want to make sure you know the difference between there, there, and there, and your, and your, (laughs) all of the things that make journalists cringe. You want to make sure you actually know 
if grammar isn't your strong suit, you need to have somebody on your team that reads through pitches and will spot the spelling or grammatical mistakes, any um, details from the client that might have gotten mixed up or that are missing, or maybe they have ways they can suggest to improve the, the pitch overall, or really better and more clearly communicate the nuances of your client and their products or the story itself. Um, sometimes when you know something so well, it is hard to read something and know if it is simplified enough, if it is clear enough, because you are coming in with all of this advanced knowledge and it obviously makes sense to you because you wrote it and you know what you're talking about. But get a new fresh set of eyes on it and have someone read it and say, I don't get it. Or, you know, somebody who really doesn't even know a lot about the product or the client or the industry, make sure when they read it, they get what you're talking about. And it's clear because we take our all of our knowledge, all of our know-how and industry insights and bring that with us when we read a pitch or write a pitch. And it might not be clear to somebody who doesn't have that level of depth of knowledge that you have. So um, we're also fact checking, of course, that's the necessary step before you hit send. And you can do this yourself uh, after you write the whole pitch, or you can look, have another team member look at it and they can check for the errors that might be included that you missed, or maybe it's right the first time and then you reiterate it and it's got something a little bit off about it, make sure that it is cohesive the whole way through. And then the other thing here is we have to be on top of our clients' websites and be reviewing it with a critical eye so that we know it's up to date um, that we know that a journalist or an editor is going to pull information from the client's website. So make sure that they have everything they're running on the site up to date. You know, make sure that all of the links are active and they lead to the correct pages. Make sure those links are not going to change anytime soon because a journalist will grab a link and they'll run it. And if your client updates it and they change something in the link, even one little dash or one little letter, it's going to be a broken link. So um, you're going to review their website with that critical eye. And I always, always do that when we first start working with a client. We'll click everything, make sure that their site functions properly, um, make sure that their company bio is easy to find, that their navigation is good. We've had, for example, uh, a beauty brand we're launching. We will ask them, for example, to include the ounces of the product so that we can pitch it for travel-related stories. So if they're not including that on the website, we're going to note it. Um, but yes, you need to make sure your client's website is accurate and up-to-date. Um, reach out to your client or reach out to somebody on the web development team to check, to correct the links or inaccurate information. And anything that they change on their website or, you know, adding a product or something, anything that they do, you want to be plugged into any of these changes. Like even um, their team changing, any staff changes, any launch dates that are changing so that you're always delivering the latest and greatest information to editors. Like we had 
um, the company that we asked to change the ounces and all of that stuff for, they have a new product launch and we're ready to go. And the launch date came and went, but the product hasn't arrived here in the US. It's coming out of South Korea because it's a K-beauty brand. And it arrived in Australia, which is where um, the client is actually based, but it has not arrived here in the US. So they launched in Australia and we're ready to go. Everything's done, products developed, you know, it's getting shipped, but it's not here yet. So had we not double checked that the product landed, we would have run this pitch and the product's not even available yet here in the States. So double, triple check. I mean, we had our pitch done, approved, ready to go for the launch and the press release with the date. But if the product's not here, then your launch date has to change. <laughs> so you always want to stay on top of those things and don't assume everything's final until it's really final and done. So this is the number one thing that comes up for us as a client asking for us to request a journalist changes the link from Amazon to their own website with their own affiliate program. And the answer is no. No, sorry, no, no, not gonna do it. And the reason why is because these publications have a very specific reason why they're linking to where they link. If your affiliate program is more, I mean, we first of all, we tell the client, we let them know. We let them know what the commission is. We let them know you're on share sale and we can create a custom commission of 25% or whatever. That's still not their priority. If they're linking to Amazon, knowing that information, that's because they have a reason why they want to link to Amazon's affiliate versus your own. Maybe it's because the reviews are really good on Amazon and there's a lot of them. And so the likelihood of a customer landing and saying, I'm gonna buy that is a lot higher than your own website with no um, reviews or any kind of social proof of how well the product performs, even if the commission's higher. You know, um, clients are always like, but our commission's higher. And it's like, we told them and they still linked here. So that is a change that you are never gonna ask your contacts to make. Um, you tell the clients, no, you can't change that link. Um, you're just gonna provide that information and let the clients know we have informed every media contact of your affiliate program. And you know, you're still gonna thank the editor for including your client in that feature. If the link itself is broken and it's not working, it's not gonna convert to sales, which is what these publications are looking for. So if the link to Amazon is broken, let them know, but you're not gonna say it's broken. So while you're fixing it, can you just push it over to my client's website? You're never gonna do that. Anybody that's kind of new, you might feel that the important relationship is the client relationship and it is, but clients are gonna come and go, media contacts, yes, they're gonna come and go, but they'll maybe go to another outlet that's relevant to you or they're gonna continue to be important to you. You need to maintain those relationships and also as a good PR practitioner and service provider to your clients, you need to be able to say to them, that is not something we can ask for. Of course, I did inform them, we included that information and the publication shows where to link and that is not a request we can make. So if you're new or you're not confident in your role to advise your client of the way the media works, and you feel like, okay, well, they asked me to do that, so I'm gonna do it, you're not serving your clients in the best way possible.
you know, now you're asking the journalist to change something. And instead of you expressing gratitude on behalf of your clients, you're kind of like you messed up and you did that wrong and they're not happy. They're never going to write about your client again. And they're probably not going to work with you again. So as somebody who is new or newish or even new to running your own business and PR, be confident in your expertise to tell your client, you know, I hear you and we did inform them. That's the number one uh, thing that we're getting asked by clients is changing links. And the answer is no, you know, unless it's broken. That's a different story. But you fix the link. You don't redirect them to a different place altogether. Hopefully that makes sense. And then thank you guys so much for being here. Um, have a great rest of your day and I will see you guys very soon. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.